Hello and welcome to the Pro Detailer Podcast. Today, as ever, we have a very special guest. Today we're joined by none other than Mr. John of Delu. Hello. John de who? <laughs> um, we also have Ian. Just finishing my tea out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that new sound effect works really well. Um, and John, as everyone will know, is Mr. Forensic Detailing Channel uh, on YouTube. He has been YouTubing properly hard, you know, hardcore YouTubing for sort of five, six years now. Yeah. Our first return guest. Yes. Yeah. Fool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, you're up to 240-odd thousand subs. We're getting there. Which is amazing, nearly it's, quarter of a million. That is scary, actually. I think it was probably about 100,000 last time I saw it. It was. Yeah. yeah. So it grows exponentially, this YouTube thing, I think. Grows how, sorry? Exponentially. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what we're going to be talking about, we've got lots of exciting things to talk about today, but um, uh, we're going to be talking about the whole thing. And one thing we have in common, which is reviewing products and us as the magazine, you as the YouTube channel, um, the challenges, the fun, the excitement, um, the satisfaction. The bodies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. This is what I live and breathe. I was telling you earlier on, you know, that's what I is going through my head all the time, reviewing products and it is difficult and I'm really looking forward to delving in to some of those difficulties and those topics and dealing with it and then the yeah. politics so we'll we're going to touch on that and um, then in part two of the podcast we're going to be talking about the graphene mega test that we're doing for issue 16 yeah uh, and we're doing lots of blind testing and John is one of our blind testers yeah this is one of the best I've been involved with millions of these tests over the years this is one of the best because i'm worried you know <laughs> i'm worried that i'm going to look like a right idiot and saying this is this one this is this one and getting it totally wrong and uh you oh, you're know in, you're in good company of idiots here, yes. don't worry. we have we have an association <laughs> and the mega test itself it's not all about identifying the wax it's yeah. just it's blind for the sake of it but it will be intriguing to see who gets it right and who gets it wrong yeah and you've already made some early assessments yeah they could be wrong yeah could be wrong. i'm looking forward to talking about that as well because um Nothing, this hasn't been done before. There's all this opinion, like we were talking about earlier on. There is a lot of opinion around technology and the, these new materials that are used in waxes. And this will give you the first instance of whether people can actually tell the difference without any bias, because it's completely blind, it's completely done with good intent, and uh, I, I can't wait to see when all the results are in. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Um, and then we're also going to talk about buzzwords, and, and it kind of links nicely uh, with the Carnuba and things like SO2 and now graphene, and we're just natter about that. And then we have the 10 quickfire questions. So action-packed, um, but let's cycle back and reviewing products. So, John, what was the first, what platform was the first review that you ever did on? Was it was it on YouTube? It, it, uh, that's a good that's Was it Vimeo? That's a real <laughs> curveball. It was a written review, I think, for um, for the Detailing Addicts Review Facebook group. Wow. Uh, they had a different group just for reviews, and people would plonk them in. And I put plonked a couple of reviews in. I think it was for... Um, microfiber cloths because so i went and bought a load of uh, cloths from the rag company um oh, back you know those yeah. green cloths and uh, i thought they were good and they were good price and i put it in there and then i did a review for a company called auto 
Perfection. Perfect. Yeah. And that's still going. And that was um, back in the day. And then I thought, I'll video some and put them on YouTube. And it, that's when it all kind of started for me. Cause <laughs> and now you're in a BMW M4 CS. <laughs> well, well, yeah, yeah. Although, I don't know. That's just probably... It wasn't hind- that easy. It's hindered me getting it, I think. I could have got it quicker uh, other ways. But, yeah, I've been doing it for six years. And uh, I've learned a lot about how to do it and YouTube and social media and how it all works. And I went in completely green, the greenest YouTuber ever, uh, doing it all wrong, doing 45 minute to an hour videos. Your you know. early movies were, and I call them movies because they were feature length. Yeah, they were rubbish. They, well, no. They it, were. It, it, the thing is that they'd obviously set a foundation because there were people who watched them, including me, watched them right the way through. And um, they, I mean, they were very, very long, but they. Yeah. Got, I think the early adopters got to know you, John. And I think one of the unique side, well, not, you know, every YouTuber's got a personality per se, but I think yours is more, um, there's more empathy because... I was wooden, though. I was wooden as well as green. There was a bit of that, but yeah. your, those nerves made you look human in a way that the dynamic RC, you know, gobshites that, that, that do a lot of them, you kind of think, oh, he's a bit of a, bit of a dick, isn't he? Uh, whereas with you, it's like, oh, you could be living next door. Yeah, I mean, I was just, I was, I was dull as dishwater when I started and I just fired up the camera and I was very nervous. So I just used to try and get through the bit of camera. But I was really addicted to detailing at that point. I was really into it. I loved it, you know, and it was discovering this scene, this detailing scene, which, mm. you know, we all know. Um, and what it can offer you, because it, apart from the detailing scene, it was going down to your local Halfords and, you know, they've got some good stuff, but there's stuff within the scene that's not in Halfords, which is awesome. And I, one of the first things I wanted to do on my channel is try and grab all of that stuff that the scene was offering, put it all in videos and show people it because my my thoughts on what wash mitts you could use to wash your car was you go, you could use a sponge or you can use like a, you know, a, what's those uh, noodles? Noodle, noodle mitt. Yeah, and that was about it. But then you discover the detailing scene. You've got brands with like, you know... Um, Sheep and mi- microfiber. Yeah, microfiber yeah. madness, this cool pad. You've got like the Wookie Fist, which was like this giant great <laughs> thing. You've got like the Car Pro one, which was all shaggy. And they were all different. Um, you had the Duca one, you know, mm-hmm. real high quality one. And then suddenly um, people were also discovering this scene through the videos and realising that there's all these other products that you can go and try. And that is what the detailing scene is all about. And, and you've kind of grown with them. I've noticed there are a lot of people who are who are there in the early days and yeah. they've literally progressed and developed as you have. Yeah. And it's, it is, it's just that journey. And it's something that we want to kind of cover is the art of reviewing a, a product so with us we we've, we we talk a lot about this sort of thing and and we we agree entirely about most things but it's you know for example i find it very difficult to review a single product in isolation yeah particularly as there are very few rubbish products out there and there are very few products that are a thousand percent better than anything else in the market so it's difficult if you're talking about say just for argument's sake a glass cleaner yeah all glass cleaners clean glass so they kind of do it now some are smearier than others some are better at cleaning certain things some smell nice some knock you for six but there's a limit to how much you can talk about if you haven't got a comparison yeah the problem with the comparison is that when you're talking i mean when we do the mega tests the way we do them and and we get criticized for this but i I think it's uh i think they're wrong basically um there's no point telling people what not to buy it's much more useful to know what to buy 
And yeah. so our tests are always, so if we've got 10 products, we'll talk about each product, what it claims, um, things that we can see, um, and anything positive that we find about it. And anything glaringly, like if it's not got the health and safety information, we'll, we'll give them a bollocking for that because it's, there's no excuse. Um, but then as we progress in the test, we'll have different criteria and we'll say this is the best at that and product Y is best at something else. And then when it comes to the final, so to speak, the podium, we will focus on one, two, three products and say these are all great products. These are all the winners uh, for different, you know, horses for courses. We're not dragging stuff through the mud. We might just go quiet on something if it didn't really live up to it. But there's no point yeah. dragging through the mud. But from your point of view, you're saying how... If you say everything's great when you're doing a, a single product or a small review, yeah, then people ain't gonna watch. Cause well, you'll slowly lose your you'll slowly lose the one thing that you're supposed to be called. You're supposed to be called an influencer, but if you don't do your job, your influence won't be real. And when your influence goes because you're not doing your job, um, no one's going to be there to support you and you'll have lost your credibility and everything you've built. Mm. So you have to, um, you have to, you have to review, you have to yeah. critique. You have to make a polemic. You have, yeah, you have you to make things slightly controversial because yeah. that's what people want. You know, they want a little bit of drama in it, drama, drama in detailing reviews. But Yeah, I mean, it is the word critique. Yeah. Critique means that, you know, you have to talk about things that things don't don't do well as well as things that do do well. You don't ever want a review to um, to sink a company. You don't want that. Um, so you have to tread carefully, and also you have to be aware that um, most people, you know, all these brands know more about their product than you do because well, they've been involved in the... Well, ma manufacturers do, well, not necessarily brands. Yeah. Always, we, we, we've had the odd situation where we've had companies, we had one regarding solvent content and they said the product was solvent-free and we were able to uh -huh. show that, no, it was water-based but not solvent-free. And But there are ways, there are strategies that we've both learned. So, for example, I use the Good News Sandwich. Lovely yeah. packaging, product is crap, yeah. but the label's really nice and pretty and the price is good. Yeah. And so you can, you can mix things in there and then just and, yeah. and do it in such a way you that have it works. to you have to do are you hear, you hear me on the channel talk about a balanced review mm. so if you can balance it um talk about positives and negatives and i think you've done your job you cannot win by the way you cannot win <laughs> true uh i get criticized by um people that watch for comparing prices so one thing you'll see on forensics detailing reviews i think all of them don't quote me if you can find one without it <laughs> but i try to um when I first look at the product, I go and Google the price and try and find what the price of this product is. And then one simple thing I do is try and put about four or five other products there. So um, you can see where the product sits in the market. So the basic thing you know is how much you're paying. And I think, you know, you have to do that. And again, there are challenges with this. So uh, the first one, obviously, is concentration. You could have a, a product that is, is, you know, much more concentrated in the same yeah. price, therefore better value. But the other thing is the way these things are marketed. If you go for a mainstream product, say Megs or Autoglim or something like that, you can almost always find it on a discount website or on an yeah, offer. Yeah. And so saying that product X is 15 quid, in a way, even though that's the MRSP, is unfair because everybody can pick it up for a tenner. Yeah. But then it, it works in other ways as well. When 
the um, manufacturers is, you know, they put out a, a very expensive product and it looks stupidly expensive, but it's not just the concentration, it's how much you need to use. So yeah. we had, um, with the last uh, mega test with tire dressings, everything was a liquid apart from Soft 99, which was a wax. And the wax, I think, was 200, 250 mil, something like that. Um, and we said, it maybe it's a roughly approximate to a 500 mil bottle, conveniently, yeah. what everything else was. Um, and therefore, it was slightly above the rest of the price. Not obscene, but it was slightly above. Um, and the answer is, actually, I reckon that tin would probably last two or three times as long as a 500ml yeah, bottle. Do, but, yeah. but how the hell do you tell that without getting, you know, spending well, you, ages you, on it? You're going into their cost per application, and that's yeah. something I try and do uh, on the channel as well. But I also think sometimes it's just good to say, you know, with certain products, this is how much it costs, uh, this is what you get. I try and do conversions, actually, to price per litre mm. a lot of time as well. But you're right, yeah, cost per, per application is a, is a good thing. Uh, but, yeah, there's, there can be resistance even to doing that. Um, then there can be resistance to showing gloss data, which mm -hmm. is something we could talk about for a long time. You, <laughs> you know about this because you've got the same instrumentation that I've we got. We have the lovely row point. Row point, And we yeah. borrow other ones. We've, we've got a darkness meter that yeah, we borrow yeah, occasionally. I'm borrowing one of those as well. That's yeah. really good. Row point really are, are, are very good at supporting us us testers. They are that. awesome, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and to think we've got a company like that in the UK and they're really, really nice to do. Oh, and with. they're smashing it in terms yeah. of international and all the rest of it. And their tech is, yeah. we, we can't, we're, we are literally under NDA. We can't talk about what they're developing and it is, it is really serious stuff. Yeah. Um, the other side is how one weights an argument or weights a review because yeah. we've just talked about cost now for some people cost might be the first thing they think about but actually yeah um uh, you know product quality and to use an analogy here is that if you were going to review a rolls royce versus a uh, dacia sandero now the dacia sandero is significantly cheaper than the rolls royce but they're different things that you know you're getting a quality yes they're both four-door saloons but they, they they do it differently and so saying that the sandero is better purely based on money it's is missing the point and there's a risk with this with some of the high-tech stuff there, there is but i a better analogy is you're reviewing a set of claw hammers rather than dacia Dan sanderos or cars because these are tools to do a relatively simple job um you know um you've obviously never seen me hammering something <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Simple. so, so i, I, I don't three know thumbs this year <laughs> I'm, I'm in favor of kind of keeping it quite well simple even though a lot of my reviews are kind of you know over the top almost for something that might be just something you used to clean something i, I think yeah. if normal people yeah, off the street yeah. said oh, you've spent 45 minutes talking about a glass cleaner yeah, yeah. please get out of this lift just in case it breaks down well I've, I've talked about that as well that was one of my fears when i started the channel that it was just ridiculous the the detail we were going into pardon the pun on something very simple but the thing i've learned is that there's people at home love this stuff and they're more they're more obsessive about getting the right products for them than than anything else. You know, any other clean, cleaning chemicals, what they mm. use to clean themselves inside, they don't care. But what goes on their car has to be the best. Well, this so the, I call that Swiss fact syndrome, as yeah. in they, you know, they have to. It, it's uh, people buy it for all sorts of reasons, and it is lovely products. But there is an element of people who buy it because they go down the pub and say, oh, "I just spent a thousand pounds on a car wax." Yeah. Frankly, I would get up and walk out of that pub at that point because I don't want to spend time with me who does that to well, do not that. Before I tried to sell him something. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Um, but and that alludes, as you're saying, tools to um, a really interesting point, which is uh, it doesn't matter if the product is good or bad, it's how you use it. So 
I always say that I'd much prefer to have a good detailer with poor products than a poor detailer with good products. And um, this is the thing, both from a review point of view, I always like to put in the mitigation based on our testing, based on how we used it, and then we obviously follow the instructions and all the rest of it. And you get other people say, oh, that review did, oh, oh, if you actually use it at double concentration and upside down while butt naked, you'll find that it actually cleans your car better than if you follow the instructions. And you're sitting there and say, well, that's not what the man who gets it in the post, or woman, it gets it in the post and reads the instructions, the instructions and does. <laughs> exactly. So you're not mm. testing it as intended. So it's always a challenge with, with, with people. Um, to, to strike that balance. But at the same time, if we found Product X and we found it was generally a pretty good shampoo, but we found that actually if you, in, if you used it, for example, in warm water, just as an argument, um, that it had a certain enzyme in or something that was then really amazing. And that's a top tip, and I'm all for that. So if we're reviewing something, we find a clever way of using it, we'll mention it. But in terms of how we're rating this product, and it's the same we did on the tyre dressings. We had to dry some tyres with a hairdresser. We had to let one tyre cure for 24 yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah. Bonkers. We don't dry them with a hairdresser. <laughs> it was an air gun. Sharon, come in here and dry this tyre off for us. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're talking about the Gion hairdryer. Uh, hair uh, yeah, with the with their Q2 tyre. Yeah, you have to dry it with a hairdryer. Well, it recommends... You have you to can... warm it up to 60 degrees or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do, well, to avoid getting jumped on, it was, yeah, you have to heat it beyond typical room temperature, about five times typical room temperature in this country. Um, and actually, it was Q2. Oh, I set my thermostat. <laughs> no, no, you like to boil yourself. Uh, Q2 uh, tyre actually won the test, even though it was finickety in that respect, because overall we felt, yeah, if you follow the instructions and you can take the time to it, yes, it takes f four times as long as it does slap on some silicon, but actually the result and durability and all the rest of it is worth it. So on really? balance. That's interesting, because I, I can't remember I can't remember if I used the hairdryer when I test it, because it did say about it, but I'm not sure if it said you have to. I, I think because we tried it with and without and for the durability test we did it with and it was the you know it and car pro and soft 99 in that particular test were, were really good on the durability mm. um and we, we uh, i didn't say we screwed up the test but we we um spent basically we, we were putting it on a car going for a long trip coming back seeing which has lasted unfortunately when we got back we forgot to until we'd done another 250 miles so it's basically a thousand mile test on products that generally don't last that long anyway yeah yeah um but no we would still there's angel works had some some remaining as well there were bits and bobs that we could spot well, this is another really interesting thing is that depending on what you want it sounds like for you guys you were looking at durability and gion come up top and you thought it looks good happy with it it's the best overall winner my i suppose you could say bias is that durability isn't as important mm. because you know as i said on the channel i think no matter what you dress it when you a couple of weeks later of driving the car solidly after you clean the car you really need to dress the tires to get the the full detailing look so then that changed the weighting of durability for me in my test so we could have tested exactly the same products and come up with completely different results based on what we want yeah and, and I, th I think it's important what i suspect would be the case of result of good testing is that we would each say i'd say we had two two tire products yeah we know that one is more durable the other we know one gives more gloss one has a an easier application and stuff like that and then in terms of we could still have different winners because we've simply prioritized yeah. properties and from our point of view it's an interesting because we did test you know ease of application and gloss and we got all the meters out we did all that side of things and yeah and then based on all of those different metrics we came to our our conclusions um 
But it, it is it is where the priorities, and that's in fact one thing why we do have category wins because we might have somebody yeah. there who wants that wet look. He wants it to look, you know, and she wants to make it look amazing um, just for that show. Yeah. Whereas there are other lazy people who might want something to last a long time. And, and again, is ease of cleaning is another bizarre topic. So we had some products in there like Garotherapy, for example, which didn't have a huge darkening, all the rest of it. But if you do a couple of coats and the durability in it, just it, it's literally a, a serum for the tire. Mm. So then you've you've if, if you're looking for a product that lasts a long time and makes maintenance easier it's going to be a stronger product than, yeah. than a show queen product yeah usps yeah, yeah. And, and i suppose that's a really important point is that you're going through and giving people results and i do this as well and people in the comments but i don't care about price or i don't care about durability i don't care about looks and i reply to them sometimes saying well that's why we've broken the test down into different sections so you don't have to take the overall winner if you care about ease of application then pick the one that won that category um so yeah you do learn stuff as you go along as well you mm. l- you learn stuff look back on when we did the uh, the glaze maker test because mm. you came along and did that with us yeah, didn't you yeah. and we were sitting there putting all these glazes on but we were coming up with fairly polarizing preferences yeah. because you wanted a glaze to do something specific for what more what an enthusiast would probably um look for in a glaze whereas at the time, James and myself were looking at it from a um, sort of professional and efficiency point of view, which is obviously our background um, being at least semi, in my case, professional detailers, <laughs> occasionally professional. Um, so that's that's why, I mean, especially in this with this mega test that we're doing now, I think that's why it's going to be probably the most accurate testing we've we've done because we're getting i'd, I'd say the most realistic from everybody yeah ac- accuracy and again it's, the it's very easy to be in your own bubble with these things yeah it, it's also the terms because you've got precision you've got accuracy that they, they, they all mean slightly different things and i think you know as a magazine we started off as as a uh, kind of more professional leaning mag but we've a long time ago we've much more moved into the kind of the enthusiast side again the mag was an accident the market was an accident so we've we've kind of adapted and um it's it's interesting the feedback we get from both parties is quite often different particularly with things like compounds because again a, a professional will be using it in a different way and their priorities are how quick is this compound going to do the job that i need it to do how long will it last you know it's interesting though because you guys had spent a day or something or some time doing some testing for the for that uh, hand glaze mm. And you had had a couple of products. You didn't tell me completely, but you showed me the roof of that uh, yellow or green car. The Renault 5. Yeah, yeah. still for sale. Still for sale. Still for sale with a patchwork roof. Three grand buys it. Not, no longer patchwork. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I machined that car, actually. It's, it's one of the uh, machine that top to the bottom. But we tested some on test panels inside on the day I was up. And I think by the end of the day, we'd agreed on... Um, well, there was one that was a clear winner of the test panel thing, and it had also done really well in your previous testing, and you were really... I'm not sure if it was the overall winner. We can talk about it. It was the Nanolex one, wasn't it? The Nanolex yeah, Nanolex was the overall winner, yeah. Was it the overall winner? That was a really impressive product, and that's one of the reasons I love doing these tests, because you've got... You had about 70-odd products in this test, or... Uh, 20, 28, 30, it? I think. It felt yeah. like 70. Yeah, <laughs> there are a lot. And uh, you learn stuff. Yeah. You learn. And, and we also learned in that test, when we had them all li- linked out in how much they cost, we could see a pattern, a clear pattern, that the products all towards the top of price were all consistently performing better, with, I think, one exception in that top price category. It was average. Yeah. And then the cheaper ones, some of them were a bit better than their 
price would suggest but generally the ones down in the cheap category weren't as good yeah as, and, as, then, and the mid-range there was a clear mid-range as well yeah and they were mid-range on price and performance but some in the mid-range were, were a bit better than they yeah you think and it and it's stuff like that that um has been absolutely invaluable for me and stuff like the wash test that you guys did mm-hmm. that being involved in that test, I now only use noodles. I went from using uh, microfiber pads to now looking for the perfect noodle because seeing the difference with your eyes. And we've done these tests over the years for the last six years with every category of product virtually, and you learn a little bit. Do you now use uh, exclusively Dr. Sheraton leather wipes on your <laughs> No. So they're not all winners. No, but they, 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 well, they were, they're all right though, aren't they? <laughs> well, they, they, they For do. A very, in a very specific set of circumstances, yeah. yes. Yeah. If those circumstances suit you, then great. Yeah. They'll count yeah. 50 at Tesco. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that Lord was, Sheraton, not Doctor. That was I one of Lord our... Sheraton. Oh, okay. That was one of our few few shock results, that was. Because I thought these were just like wet wipes that have just got soap in them and whatever. But they are made by a company that knows what they're doing. They've got beeswax in them. You rub it over your leather and it protects it from friction wear. They cost virtually nothing and you can stick them in your glove box. And that's what the reviews should also do. They should throw wild cards in there like that 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 are not expected. That's going back to my glass cleaner. I'm going to stick a cheap one in there and just see if the wild card can... Star drops vinegar. Just get a bottle of star drops vinegar. one, yeah. Well, that's this is another thing. I try not to put homebrew stuff in there, in the mega tests, mm-hmm. you know, or my equivalent to them. I don't know why though, but I thought about that. Should I put my homebrew glass thing? And then I thought, what's the point? Um, <laughs> well, what if it wins? Totally awkward. Well, it might do. Yeah, it might win because of the price. Invest. Yeah. <laughs> and it, and, it, and what what will happen is people can't buy that anyway, and most don't want to go and mix it. Uh, they're not so into detail, and they want to go and mix up their own formulations and stuff. Yeah. So. And I'll just get stick because it, I'll say I'm I'm putting this as the winner. Well, it's your product. You're going to say that, yeah. and it's costs fifty p a liter or whatever I'm raving about. Well, it, it, I mean that brings us on to dealing with manufacturers as well yeah. because manufacturers. We'll touch on it briefly. There are some, and we 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 always compare notes on this. So we we some we work with or have worked with and all the rest of it. Some are brilliant. They yeah. send you the products on time. They send you in advance when a new product's coming out. They get in touch and they yeah. do it, and so you can actually time things. They don't yeah. realise there's a process to doing a magazine or a video series and stuff like that. Um, but also how they take criticism and some are brilliant. They just take it on the chin. They actually, you know, they'll ask, yeah. how can we improve this? And that's what you want. Yeah. And then you get the others who will send you products with the expectation it'll win everything and it's the best of yeah. everything and you're going to sing your praises for it. And you used the word earlier, influencer. Yeah. For me, it's a slightly dirty word and it's been done by the yeah. people who try to screw over Litchfield when buying parts. Yeah, and yeah. parts. Is that, it's this mercenary, pay me money and I'll say nice things to you. To my yeah. my followers is almost not strong enough. It's my, my groupies. Yeah. Whereas disciples. actually, what <laughs> disciples, yes. <laughs> very biblical um what um you and i focus on or, or want is to uh, you know you're talking about maintaining maintaining that audience and maintaining the trust and the yeah. way you can do that is not by just pay per per shot so to yeah. speak yeah you've got to be you've got to be prepared to take some flack unfortunately so that's just part of it i learned six years ago quite quickly that whenever you're negative it doesn't benefit you as a channel um it seems to create animosity towards you straight away mm. if i if i i didn't know how to review products so i would start and we talked about this is i would rank in a review from first to 16th or whatever you know if i had 16 products in there the product that comes last and i'm doing a countdown from 16th to fifth 
I'm putting the nail in the coffin in that on that mm. product. Even as a reviewer with you know a thousand subscribers, you know, and only maybe two thousand people watch a video. Enough people watch it to say that product's rubbish when it's net talked about because they've watched the thing and you influence that and you kill it. Um, so I learned not to do that straight away. You mm. know, don't do that. Um, you know, although I, I'm just something I have done that since, but I try not to do that. I <laughs> Only try special to, cases where they're truly awful. <laughs> well, I, I try to sometimes do points when I'm comparing stuff, and then I'll, at the end I'll say the one with the highest points was this, the next one was this, the next one's with this. You know, um, but they argue about points when you're doing that kind of cumulative system. Yeah, we, we've yeah. tried that in the past. Yeah, and, it's not ideal. And though. also, quite often you toss up the points, and you have a and basically an all rounder wins. Yeah, and you yeah. Sit, I think yeah, but. If I was sat there, I would have gone, you know, I would have got that car, yeah. not that car, and even I, though that one's better, more fuel efficient. You're absolutely right. And I don't always follow. I've done a test and like all comprehensive tests with all these and here's the winner. And then I'm using a different product because yeah. I like it more. And I thought, shouldn't this one be the winner? Uh, so, yeah, I, that confuses my, I confuse myself as well. <laughs> well go, going back to your Dacia Sandero versus your Rolls-Royce comparison, if you have... Um, comparisons like a uh, number of cup holders or how uh, how cleanable is the fabric seats then you're going to be buying a sandera at the end of the day yeah. if you add in things that the, the rolls royce is going to be good at then the rolls royce is going to come out on top if you have a bit of everything you're going to end up with a bmw yeah which is just that's, a bit that's a good time to it. Hey, hang, hang, on a, hang on a minute <laughs> um so we are going to take a little pause and we will be back very shortly I hope you've been enjoying this podcast. I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about a new book that myself and Ian have been putting together. It is called Hand Wash Only. It's 144 pages, A5 format, hardback. It is packed with pictures and diagrams and top tips and how-to guides and essentially covers everything in detailing in enough detail for pretty much any enthusiast and many a professional. It is there to guide you through from the very first pre-wash right the way to all the different LSP options, including lots of stuff on interior as well and stain removal and things like that. It's priced at $12.95 and is available on the Pro Detailer Magazine website at www.prodetailermagazine.com. Now, back to the podcast. And we're back. So, in the second part of this lovely podcast with the one and only John Deleu, uh is the mega tests that we're doing. Um, so, just to kind of read everybody in um, and put everyone in the loop, um, we are testing graphene, but we're also testing SiO2. And we've been investigating graphene in issue 14. And for issue 15, we are looking specifically at graphene in waxes, because this is something that suits the mega test uh, and suits what we're doing. So we've worked with um, applied graphene materials and with Angel Wax, John Hogg, and with various other parties. And we have created three waxes that look, smell, feel, taste the same. Uh, one is a conventional, in brackets, organic wax. Sorry, sorry, for the benefit of the tape, don't taste your wax. Yeah, 
yeah, that I did earlier. There is actually a photo on social media of me looking at, and my tongue is still a little bit numb. Um, it's shiny though. It is real shiny and a beading baby. Um, so and that's fine. It's, it's going like venom. The graphene's actually taking over. Yeah, slight headache. Um, so uh, and then one is exactly the same base. So same solvent, same organic wax content, and all the rest of it. But it's got the addition of SiO two, and then one with the addition of graphene. And we invited young John over here as one of the testers. So we've got about fifteen testers around the world we've got one in holland one japan one in america one in switzerland uh, and then the rest in the uk at the moment and um they're each getting two of these three waxes but they don't know which two they've got and we've asked them to fill in report cards and to test it not just on cars or panels but to be creative think of some new stuff so the guys that for example the speed six uh, podcast have got uh, it each and hopefully they're going to come up with some like kind of interesting out the blue way of testing we've got paul dolden we've got specky mcsporran um and loads of others so um luke Trent tranquility base as well yeah, yeah Luke can yeah and um with you john because you're special and you've been testing with us for years oh, thank uh, you. we've given you all three waxes i know and i just wanted to say this is important i you can cut this out if i can't say this but you're not telling them what of the waxes you've sent and you could theoretically send them two of the same yes or you know it's devious isn't it and that <laughs> that i'm glad that i've got all three here because well hang on you, you, think, you think all three of those are different well i'm just suddenly thinking yeah have i got three that the same <laughs> <laughs> um it's a it's tough a, it's one only your reputation on the line John. yeah no, well, nothing, yeah. nothing important <laughs> yeah just. well look i think this is one of the best mega tests you guys have done this is a real stonker this is a good one and i think as I've, I've said to you, I think this is a tough one. Uh, and I'm really interested to see if anyone can get this right. And if they do get it right, I want to know how they've they've deduced it. Because just from the quick look I've had, I there are some differences. There are differences. But, John, the focus is not on guessing which one is which. It's which one is the best, in your opinion. And then, and, you know, and, and the properties that they exhibit and say, well, maybe wax X is good for beading, wax Y is more durable, and wax yeah. Z is, is, is the easier to apply. Right. Yeah, but, you, but that all starts from looking at the characteristics. Yes, looking at slickness, looking at application. There's no massive differences on in application, so I can, as far as I can see, um, you know, everyone's going to go through this process. There seems to be a little bit di- difference on slickness. One seems grippier than the others, uh, and there's definitely a little bit of difference in hydrophobicity my word for hydrophobicity and that's really important because that suggests that even if you're a complete say graphene skeptic if you know if the graphene infused wax has more hydrophobicity and more slickness than than one without you know anything in it then you've got some undisputable data yeah if if it's if there's that pattern then you've got some undisputed data that's never been produced before that people at home can actually spot and professionals a difference between these products and i thought the differences would be so subtle you wouldn't be able to spot them but um You've already spotted quite a few. Well, possibly, yeah, yeah. but then these could be the same wax. <laughs> oh, you think there's wax in there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other element is that because they're going over the world and, and lots of people, different people are testing at different times, obviously their bias is, is, is removed. Yeah. Um, but it might be that some are applying it. So we did it on a aluminium painted and clear panel, uh, which wasn't, it was prepped and cleaned and deconned, but it wasn't machined. And it's... Um, 
done inside at approximately 16 degrees, whereas you might get some people applying it outside yeah. when it's two degrees. And maybe one of the one of the waxes will be much more different or, or you know easier, harder than the others in those conditions. Equally, possibly somebody might apply them to a daily driver, and they might be a sales rep, and they're doing 100k, whereas other people might might just be a show queen that's sat in the garage, and so then they may yeah. or may not notice the difference. Yeah, and the paint's so good you can't really tell visually or anything like that. But one quick one question I've got for you. Both of you, what do you think? Um, what if you hadn't done this test and forget anything to do with this test? You want us to hypothesize, don't you? Would you think that graphene products and SiO2 products are an improvement over pure wax based products in terms of paste wax and spray wax? Depends what your metrics for improvement are. Well, will you, you tell me for durability? Is one obvious metric, and I would say yes, they are. I'd say exactly. Well, certainly SiO two. They are. They are. An, they are an improvement. Yeah. Um, if you, I, I think. I think the the, the the difference is going to be how 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 much you like to take care of your car. If you like to take a classic car out for a quick drive around the the roads once a week, get home, rinse it off, stick another coat of wax on it, put it back in the garage. No, there's no point. None whatsoever. Stick with the natural wax. If you want to actually get some performance out of it on a car that you're going to be using regularly, if you're going to be going motorway stuff, if you just want to give it a wax every every few weeks, you know, top it up, bit of spray seal in between, absolutely go for go for more engineered versions. Hmm. So you think you you're in the camp that the modern products outperform the old? Oh, absolutely, products. they do. But I don't. I don't really think there's any question on that. If you hand, if you give a chemist five ingredients, Carnauba, Montana, the, the beeswax, um, beeswax solvent, candle, and say, make the best uh, wax you can. He's going to be limited. Yeah. If you say, here's a chemistry set. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's giggling on the floor. Yeah. And then because explosion. he can really go, really yeah. go to town on these yeah, things. Absolutely. Yeah. You're there, lim- are, there are rubbish ones out there, and there are ones that are worse than natural waxes yeah but if you take the top end carnauba wax versus the top end polymer wax the top end polymer wax is going to outperform it in several ways yeah yeah but this there's another topic here which is why and you've touched on it why are you working on your car why are you detailing why are you detailing your car what what is the important thing to you so straightforward metrics durability that's that's you know makes sense and how often you're going to do it and all the rest of it but also it's you know what is detailing for you is it getting a clean car or is it having a nice pleasant sunday afternoon and yeah. that that's kind of where you get the is a cheaper wax better than a more expensive wax yeah now again you know if if um better for you means it only costs you 10 quid a pot then yes a cheaper wax is better if you if your time is more valuable to you for mm-hmm. example i find that you know we've mentioned them already swiss wax things like shield and things like that shield yeah shields ptfe but, yeah no that's not a great example then um, best of show best of show then um they apply and remove far easier if you leave best of show on there for an hour yeah because you get called in on on the phone yeah it's, it's still fine. going to remove they warn nice you not to easily. do that on the label they do not leave it for more than 10 minutes if you do it's fine it's, no, yeah exactly it. but they've, they've put the time in to add ingredients and chemistry into it that yeah. make them much more forgiving yeah. yeah but again that's the point of view of a 
professional detailer or part-time semi. professional semi or a semi um, because <laughs> it's a process semi. so I'd, I'd, I'll go back into the mists of time and I was at a uh, at the NEC Classic a long time ago and selling casking products back before PVD before the magazine before everything and uh, we were literally explaining how there was a diminishing polish that was being sold and how you can do things in fewer steps takes less time and the guy no one ever lied turned around and there were these two brothers and they must have been in their 50s and he turned around and he said well, if I can do a car in half the time, what's my brother going to do? And it was literally, they do it together on a Sunday on their cars. For them, it was experience. So it wasn't about doing it quickly. It wasn't yeah. about that. It was about they want to do their cars and they want something. And this is and this is the sort of thing where smell makes a difference. Professional, yeah, yeah. does it smell? Well, if it's, it smells horrible, fair enough. But generally speaking, it's not a huge consideration. But actually, if you're doing it for fun and you smell a passion fruit or kumquat or whatever you want to smell it's of, okay, yeah. it, it does this make This is sense. really reminding me um, two things. What Ian was saying, the, the the car, the daily driver car, I want to put something down that is going to last me like six months to a year because I don't care about it and I don't want to be doing this again. It's a chore. It's just a dented up golf and I don't care about it. But my BMWs... M4 CS with the carbon English? ceramic brakes. Thank you. And the carbon bits. I, I <laughs> <Sorry>. love... <laughs> oh, it's not just an M trim pack. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you do. But, but I love... Um, getting um, like a Zymol Glazier or the Shell Concept Vintage, which we mm -hmm. got was a really good performing gloss wax. And it's an old school, oily, buttery Carnuba wax that stinks of uh, coconut. Fingers. Mm. Coca. Yeah, and it smells lovely. It's addictive. It doesn't last that long. It costs an arm and a leg. And you could say, you know, built hammer double speed, $14.99. Test them side by side and it'll outperform it. But I still love um, this expensive wax. And I don't even know why, but it's it's probably because of what you just said. I love putting it down. And uh, on a summer's day in an afternoon, I really like working on my car. And that is that side of detailing where you will pay more. Um, but that's something different, isn't it, to what mm. this mega test is doing. This mega test is really... It's going into that area where is, is it all BS? Is it all BS, this this drive to use new materials um, and, and it's, it's, it's buzzwords as well. That's, that's yeah. There, there, there is a slight other, other aspect to this. Well, is how much of reviewing is BS. It, it's kind of shooting ourselves <laughs> in the foot slightly here, <laughs> but we could end up with a scattergraph of yeah. results yeah. that actually say that, no, no, actually they're, they're all, they all do the same job. Yeah. Well, but, but then, also, this is the same base wax formulation. So what, what we're trying to review here is something that's fundamentally very similar, looks identical, smells identical, seems to go on the panel identical, but has two tiny differences across it. Um, the way you applied it in your situation. Yes. And actually, if we had a scatter, a scatter graph, and it was all over the place with the results, I think the net result would be, is it worth paying extra for SiO2 or graphene? Answer, no. If there was a correlation in certain attributes, this one's easier to use, this one lasts longer, mm -hmm. the answer could be, if you're looking for a wax that'll last longer, pay for, you know, SiO2 or graphene. Yeah. If you're looking, if you're not, then there is no difference. Well, we have to also remember, we're, we're, we've got a organically backboned wax with oil in it here which has all of the downsides of an organic product so that it's going to be broken down mm -hmm. easier and what ian was saying earlier on you take a modern product a spray sealant you know 
a siloxane water-based thing. You can spray it on your car and buff it, and it can last six months, and it's really rapid to apply. It doesn't have those vulnerabilities. So we might also say, well, there's no difference between graphene and SiO2, but it's only within the context of putting those materials in an organic paste wax. And so, so that's important. Yeah, I think there are two two elements of that. One is we are testing waxes, and uh, absolutely, because it might be that in coatings, which we're also doing some internal testing and stuff like that, it's a different story. Yeah. Um, the other thing to note, and and this is, so on the one hand, we are uh, we've got I wouldn't say we've got the reputation of graphene on our hands, but we certainly there's 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 we're, we're it's an important element. If if we found that it was completely defective or whatever, it wouldn't be great news for graphene and those working around it. But um, first of all, is that we are using the the graphene that we at least from from our research we believe is to be among the best and most developed format yeah, yeah. currently available Absolutely. not to say in two years time there won't be an improvement so that's that's the first thing is that we are we're, we're kind of putting a, a mark in time at this point it is or is not um useful to have in there and also the fact that it is um in in a wax and that's i, I think you're, you've hit the nail on the head but it brings up that interesting topic that we saw with sio2 originally sio2 was coatings mm. and then it started going to spray sealants yeah and now it's in shampoos yeah you know so it, maybe the test is, is is saying that well in wax it's not but as i say maybe in a coating it is so it's not yeah. it's there's a and lot it'll of stake, be, it'll but. be held in a coating you know a coating will form a harder material which won't erode away as quickly and we were talking about the wax eroding away and the the solid particles of graphene coming out of that wax and leaving a hole behind but then you you guys were saying but the size of the the um the, the micronized powder graphene that uses so the small themselves yeah, yeah it that that it might not work like that, um, which is interesting because uh, another thing with me is I, I, as a wax maker, I love to get that in. I, I've, I've, t I've, I've toiled with making waxes for a couple of years and I experimented using micronized powders. Um, I'm something of a scientist myself. Yes, I, I dabbled. <laughs> I always get I'm that. Not. I always try and get that in. It just makes me feel good. I drank bleach as a child once. <laughs> Well, that's Button Moon's fault. Yeah. But um, the the thing I learned, and, and I was told by the wax makers, is any micronized powder in a wax blend, um, whether it's fumed silica or or graphene oxide, because it was around back then as well, or PTFE was the one I was using. Any thing that you disperse, uh, micronized powder that you disperse within a, a, a wax blend, um, is not going to help durability because you're relying on the, the backbone wax. That's the material that's, you know, the blend of waxes is your backbone. And this is just something in that blend. So in theory, this could influence perceived durability if the, if the um, graphene is hydrophobic, but I don't think it is. It, uh, the SiO2 I also don't think is hydrophobic. So I'm not sure if you're going to get any perceived durability increase by making the product more hydrophobic, um, unless you weren't using a micronized powder version of silicon, uh, SiO2, sorry, like I said earlier on, you were using a polysiloxane blended in um, that can, you know, as part of the actual um, backbone of the wax, then you might see more permanent results. At but what point does something become blended in, though? Because, I mean, with, well, with well, the graphene in, in particular, this is a, a, suspend, a yeah, suspension. Yeah, with the graphene, it, it can't because it's it, a solid. But with the 
SiO2, if it's a fumed silica, then it's the same almost as graphene. It's solid particles in there. If it's polysiloxane, then it can be mixed into the blend. So it's it's not solid in there. It's a, it's a liquid, you know. Um, How so difficult is it to make a, um, a suspension from... Um, it's not difficult at all. No, there's lots of waxes that use graphene. It's incredibly difficult, and that's why that's where AGM had so many had so much success, if you like. And they've not only found a way of dispersing it within one suspension, they've found a way of dispersing it within several types of suspension to yeah. suit several different types of product. But in terms of making the wax, you just put the graphene in. Yes, because they've got they've, they've already, done, got, they've it, they've already got it in the suspension that yeah, works. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's kind of already it's in a solvent pre- solvent well system. It, yeah, there's a fair bit. It's it's kind of on the surface that simple, but actually you've then got to think about what else is in your products and it interfering with the graphene suspension. Yeah, so, yeah. for example, highly perfumed stuff um, doesn't apparently mix very well. Doesn't go very well. It kind of breaks itself down. Um, so you've 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 got to and you've got to pick a certain sort of solvent for the whole solution as well. So it, it's not. Not quite as simple as dribble a bit of this in and hope for the best. It's there's, there's yeah, more. That's how it. I used to make my waxes. Yeah. How's that wax business going? Yeah. It's great. It's yeah, great. It's great. Yeah. It's guys <laughs> use it on my body, not the car though. <laughs> I just remember. I remember now having the conversation uh, when I was um, when we were putting together fourteen. Yeah. And I was putting putting together all the the graphene article, and I was on the phone with John Hogg. And we we're just mulling through some of the the tech behind it. And I think I've got Google just, Translate on. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was kind of you know, idly mulling away to myself, and I went, "Oh, imagine if we took oh. all of these waxes, made them all look the same, sent them out to people, and just see what they got back blind." And there was a pause, and then there was a cackle. The other, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's evil. That's <laughs> It's good. It's a good way to and do it. The evil evil genius strikes again. So um, that's an interesting thing. And as I say, the results in that will be out in issue 15, uh, which uh, and we'll have the waxes on stand as well at Waxstock and, and have stuff so you can come and have a play potentially. We're, we're still not sure exactly what we can do on our stand, but because the mags come out after Waxstock, we will uh, be able to sort of integrate something there. This just made me think of something. Sorry. John Hogg made uh, ceramic wax using true ceramic, didn't he? You know. Uh, yes. Enigma, angel wax enigma. Yeah. This isn't like an angel wax enigma type wax. There are similarities, but it is a completely unique wax in that yeah. the blend he's done for this is different because the thing is that when you're making a graphene wax, ideally, you want to be making it for their, I think it's Nebula or Dark Star? Nebula. Uh, Nebula. They, they will be um, adding, they're making everything as good as they possibly can for graphene. And that might make it unsuitable for SiO2 or for just a normal wax. So here, the challenge for John was to make a base that was appropriate, was was compatible with everything. While still being a good wax on its own. While still being a good wax on its own. But the SiO2 wax isn't isn't like some Enigma. It's not something off the shelf for them, no. No, But it may may share technology with Enigma in terms of the integration of SiO2. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, because that was like a true... There was, remember, there, there was only about four true ceramic waxes on the market but At back the in the day yeah. you had enigma you had fireball uh yes oh fusion fusion you had um oh come on you had kamikaze didn't you had one kamikaze, kamikaze collection yes and there was something. one other one it was a fourth well, <laughs> uh, well you, it'll come to you at the most inappropriate moment. Yeah, and what what these guys have done is they blended ceramic coatings, or not, or a component of ceramic coating, the actual polyzite, the silane resin that's in a coating, into a wax, 
whereas the rest of them were just using other versions of polysiloxane or, or sprinkling fume. SiO2 yeah, powder. Exactly. So that yeah, that was a question actually. Is if 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 this was using silane ceramic um, resin? I suspect it will be. Oh, that's interesting. That's going to change everything. Mm. Be interesting. Yeah, I will confirm. So it's with a tr- yeah, confirm that if it's a true ceramic. Well, it's also bear in mind this is also a test of SiO two, just as much as it is graphene. It's just that graphene is 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 the the latest buzzword, um, and actually that brings us on to buzzwords in general. And you know, uh, we I'm trying to think back. I think in the early days when talking about late nineties, early noughties, although there were polymer waxes around well before that, I think it was. That's when it started becoming cool, and things like super because super resin polish. What was that called before? It was called super resin. It was called something else. It had other names. Silicon resin polish. Silicon resin polish. Was yeah, that what so, it was yeah. called? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Didn't have to change the uh, <laughs> the abbreviation. <laughs> Is this silicon resin or I thought it was acrylic? I don't. Even, I well, don't know. bear in mind they reformulated. I remember they reformulated. I think it was 2014, 2015. I remember that I was, there was an NEC show where I talked to. I still haven't about used it. their latest low dust I mean, formula because I got like a liter of it. <laughs> I need to do a review of that. I'll, I'll, I'll go and buy some on that. But um, so polymer was a bit of a bit of a keyword, but the industry wasn't big and it wasn't networked through Facebook and Instagram and all the rest of it like it is now. Um, then uh, Carnauba, Carnuba, Nuba, however you want to say it, pronounce it. I, I still Nuba is cool. Don't say Canuba because you, you get your head bitten off by the the wax makers, as I found out. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, okay. Um, Carnuba. So there's Carnuba, and then an interesting. So let's let's look at Carnuba. Talking to wax makers, Carnuba is one of many wax that goes in there and it provides certain properties that other waxes can't but it also lacks certain properties that other waxes have it's hard it's it's hard if you take raw carnauba it's like flakes of uh, rock hard plastic uh, or eggshell oh, yeah. no, I've, I've seen a brick of it if yeah. you go to dodo juice for example they've, they've got like literally the flakes in, yeah. in, in their in their shows room so um the point is that everybody got very excited about kind of oh i've got to have a carnauba wax got to have carnauba wax when actually um some of the best waxes out there may contain carnauba but it's not necessarily the carnauba that stands out it could be the montan it could be the candelabra there are all sorts of different bits and bobs so in candelabra. it candelabra you know what's it called candelia candelia all right i got dyslexia take darling like the candelia <laughs> but my point is that actually carnauba really was a buzzword it was yeah it's perfectly adequate but it's nothing exciting no it is it's not a buzzword it's good it's the good stuff oh it, yeah it's but... the good stuff my favorite waxes are high carnauba waxes are your favorite um, shampoos high Carnuba as well, uh, and my favourite chewing gum comes too. into it. Does it? I, yeah. I, 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 the, the, you know, most waxes use Carnuba, um, you know, as majority. Then Montan wax in there, then a tiny bit of paraffin to give it a little bit of uh, hydrophobicity. Now some wax makers put beeswax in, but I found that made it make it all sticky because it's like, it's not. You have to remove the honey first. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. and the bees. <laughs> it just makes the wax sticky and you can feel a crunchiness on the microfiber. And it's candelia wax, people were yeah. saying, was really good to, to make the wax more uh, removable and all this sort of stuff. I don't found it made any difference at all. Um, so those those three, Carnuba, Montan and Paraffin, they are used in m- virtually all, you know, paste waxes that you can fit see the graininess in. Um, it, and it's the... Um, non-organic waxes that people will, will start mixing in there so um 
you know, you could put pea waxes in there or other silicon wax resins mm-hmm. um, as the, the get first that kind of way. hybrid feel to it. Yeah, well, you, you you can make a silicon wax, put a silicon wax in there, and that, that that will be more hydrophobic. It will blend in with that other wax. Um, or you could put the key thing that's changed as well is to remove the oil, get rid of all of the oil. Um, so if you don't put the oil in it, you get a brick that you you know a hard brick that you can smack. Um, but smacking um, bricks, good good Sunday morning activity. Yep. A really good modern wax, you know, like your colonites and stuff like that. They get rid of the oil so that when it cures, you get a complete dry. Ha- uh, cure on the panel and then you buff it and you just leave the bonded layer on the surface but those other waxes that got oil in them it leaves a kind of a, residue, a wetter yeah. wax and it will break down when you hit it with the detergent so um yeah what, what are we talking about well, we're talking about sorry before you can you put your trousers we're talking back about on tangents. Yeah. stop touching yourself <laughs> this is um, good stuff so, this is reminding me of but, wax making i'm but, gonna have to go and boil the kit again and start making waxes. People sniffing yeah. those graphene waxes yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay so um those, kind of, but, so that is it's interesting because I, I think it was a bit of buzzword. I think part of my, my irritation with it, though, is to do with the whole percentages. We won't get into that argument, but yeah, the whole 100% kind of it. No, yeah. it bloody isn't. It, no, no, of course not. 100% yeah. of the wax that's in there is kind of it, and, and, but that could yeah. only be 1% of the wax, maybe. But the highest content carnauba wax i've ever seen is that shell concepts one yes yeah, that is like this. is just incredible it's just like lovely um but yeah that there was buzzwords going on because back in the day paste waxes were the number one thing that people put on their cards if you go that 15 years and you had companies like swiss fax taking it to the next level and saying we're using um you know uh, kiwi passion fruit oil rather mm. than just we're using a, a wax and we're using T1 finest um, yes. ebony, you know, <laughs> instead of just saying we're using wax. So then I think other people started saying, well, we'll get, you know, we'll have a bit of this. We're, we're going to use strawberry oil in ours and we're going to use uh, this. And then everyone was doing it yeah. uh, to try and get their, to, you know, to. to to add marketing to yeah. it, so in other words, and it, I think it's the craftsmanship in the making the wax, we're using this, but really, uh, you could use sunflower oil, or uh, what was the one that I used to use? Not sunflower oil. Uh, so you can use all sorts of organic oils, really. Yeah. They're, they're, they're basically turning a commodity, car wax, into a luxury. Yeah. And, and that and the marketing. And in fact, hell, Dodo Juice started up as a rebellion against that. The reason they're called Dodo Juice is because there's no such thing as the juice of a dodo. Yeah. And, uh, and, and they were citing it, you know, not just in, in car care, but in things like shampoo and stuff. You look, and you look in the back of a, a fancy pants lady shampoo, and it's got chemicals or names, branded registered trademarks, yeah. that don't mean bugger all. It's literally some sort of compound or whatever but it's nothing that special it's just yeah. they've called it and i don't want to use one because a i can't remember because you know not a lady and b um they're probably you know garnier or whoever sue the tits office but the point is that um not if you're not a lady <laughs> there is a move sorry um the point is so the um there was a bit of smoke and mirrors around it but okay so we talked about the carnauba carnauba nuba um what about sio2 so in coatings mm. uh the interesting thing is and we're seeing this uh, they're not even second gen. there must be kind of fifth gen coatings where there are now the easy to apply coatings used by some manufacturers of stuff for dealer fit coatings uh some for the home use coatings which in terms of solids and stuff they're pretty low yeah but that base resin that is common with other coatings yeah um is is still there it is a it's genuine still, coating. Yeah, not it's in just, all of them though there's more resins in play now yeah and um, the amino something or other i've talked to, to to lance over at jewel ultra about theirs and he was saying look it's not 
polysilazine. It's, yeah. it's this amino-based system, and it's just easier well, to put the, on. The first generation of coatings, most of them were using a certain uh, resin that's still used today. And, uh, you know, coatings have exploded, and there's more players now, and there's more places to go. But it's still a bit of a mystery where what's going on. Yeah. There's not still that, not that many people making coatings. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the point was about SIO2. When we went from Carnuba to SIO2 and all the things in between, every time a new technology came in, when coatings came in and SIO2 sprays came in, a portion of the market was that it was all BS and coatings, you know, you've got the flamethrowers on them, you've got the, you know, you've got you're whacking them with a hammer and they're not getting damaged or whatever. There was all that. And then there was all the scepticism. And then that, that scepticism phase phases out and every brand offers it. Um, a lot of the scepticism comes from brands that aren't on board with this and don't want to get on board, so they criticise it. Yeah. Other people listen to that criticise and repeat it as if they understand what's going on. And you get a lot of armchair opinions. On, yeah, exactly. On but it's not helped by the fact that with SIO2 as an example. So yeah. now I see very few people criticising coatings. Yeah, yeah it's accepted se. now because the new thing has come along, the graphene's yeah. come along, and the market will consist of people that move over and offer graphene products, those that don't want to, and then slowly more and more get on board and everyone gets on board because perhaps the products do get better with time, like Ian was saying, even though it's very hard to, to measure. And then there's no scepticism around SIO2. SIO2 is great. Graphene is awful. Graphene will come in, everyone will offer graphene, um, and then it will be uh, the next thing, kryptonite. <laughs> and... Um, you know, and who knows? Kryptonite may be better than um, graphene, and we'll be doing a test in five years' time on kryptonite waxes versus graphene waxes. And SiO two will become very will, will be the next Carnuba. Yeah. It won't even be, be talked tech. about. Yeah. Uh, so, but things do move on, and generally things get better. And the the independent thing I've done on this is I questioned my patrons, my community, you know, private patrons. Don't forget, you can sign up to the patron page in the link in the description. Um, my you, patrons you sound lovely when close to the microphone. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> um, my patrons, I said to them, what do you prefer yeah, using? Looking awkward. Paste waxes or SiO2 based spray products? And it was 65% uh, SiO2 based uh, spray products now. Wow. SiO2 sprays, which everyone was saying were BS five years ago. In, yeah. Uh, but again, but I think. Uh, all based on very old water-based nanotechnology uh well they're again i don't know i don't yeah. know what's in you know they vary from product to product but i i think of them as um polysiloxane and water and some solvent um and they that's what's sio2 um that's the sio2 but then there are some again like that 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 will actually used uh, micronized powders and you'll even see it build up in the bottom of the bottle and you have to give it a good shake but there's not so many of those around now um but the the bottom line is if you ask people they they generally favor the later stuff to the older stuff with about sort of 30 percent mm. stuck on waxes and uh, i'm one of those 30 percent as well I say, I am it's like cars is that yeah. uh, none of my cars have i mean one has cruise control but it doesn't work so that's fine but i mean they've got airbags but this i, I rented one with um lane assist and oh, the yeah. damn it's thing the, kept telling me off. That's when I was, lethal, that is, isn't it? Yeah, and auto-braking yeah, oh. on the reverse. Yeah. So I'm just casually trying to run over a bollard, and yeah. it stops me. But it turns you as well. I was driving a 
<laughs> steady on. It turns. It's oh, not the lane oh, assist right. on, and you, you, you pull the thing over to the left. It tries to pull it back. Yes, oh, that sort of turning. Yes. I, it did it to me, and I nearly, I nearly stopped the car on the motorway and got out because I didn't know what it was. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I think Corsa B's used to do that with E-Pass. That's <laughs> true. The battery ran out, got heavier and heavier and heavier. <laughs> but, the, um, so my, but the point is, so the vast majority of my fleet is 20 years plus, and I'd like it that way. Yeah, now, yeah. But it, with your flashing new BMW and all that, that's got every last bit of safety and all the rest of it. It's got, I mean, it's it's an amazing tour de force. Uh, but I don't, I wouldn't, if you offered that to me or the monetary equi- equivalent, yeah. I would take the monetary equivalent and, and, and put it in. You, you like know. older cars. Well, so do I. But that car is not as, you know, you could, I drive it with the traction control off. I'll get loads, I'll get abuse for saying that. And not in the winter. Hang but, on, but I've seen your driving on track on your track videos. You're, you're terrible. And I am, yeah. But, I, bef- I like to just have all the traction control off and just put it in the most aggressive setting and just, you know, just tear around in it. And it's quite a simple car um, if you do that. There is not that much uh, electronic stuff going on apart from the, the brakes, you know, and, uh, you know, all the, the well, engine not, massing. Not the indicators. And, you know, not the indicators, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I also love I love all that mechanical stuff. That's why yeah. I was talking to James about all the uh, fly-by-wire stuff. And, well, I got my inlet manifold for my H6, though. I've been taking apart, yeah. cleaning out my EGR and stuff. Like yeah, that that's part. That is part of it. Detailing as well is we always we tend to forget. It's about the cars as well. Well, I, I, I agree with you. But the interesting thing there is, you could say, well, why don't you have a modern cars like yours that's not going to break down? You don't have to spend a Saturday afternoon underneath it getting covered in in, in five by fifty yeah. oil. Um, but actually, I quite like doing that yeah. stuff. That's part of the experience. The fact yeah. it's broken down means I can fix it. Yeah, you know, it's it's pull snails out of your inlet manifold. I did. I well, yeah, under my inlet manifold, and I found the cap for the aircon. All sorts of things. It was that's like, a different but this is would be another great discussion for another time the difference between the modern petrol head and the petrol heads of our generation mm. our generation I'm sounding like the old people back in the war hmm. um we used to take the or cars apart say that stuff. yeah yeah <laughs> but like if something breaks in your car the first thing our generation does is go and have a look and start whacking things and undoing things and googling what what it could be to fix it or getting the old manual out um the new generation now it's straight down you know they're, the cars are all PCP'd, and you know, they're... they're Straight down the dealership. And yeah, and uh, it's all... And yeah, and no one does anything on the cars. And when somebody's showing you the car, the first thing they go to now and you see it in the reviews is the bloody stereo system. Yeah. And, I mean, back in the 90s, of course, we had big big stereos and all that, but that wasn't, you know, with a new car, you're not talking about the in-car entertainment. Yeah. We used to call it ICE, but apparently now that means internal combustion engine, which is weird because everything else is electric, apparently. <laughs> anyway, the, the point being is that what people look for in a car, I look for feel, speed, acceleration, wildness, all that kind of passion and stuff i can fit yeah in. the rawness yeah. nowadays they just want the tech oh it can drive itself and the, and it's all going to performance not to 60 times the car's getting faster and faster we've got like a new audi out that does you know an s uh rs3 that does not to 60 in 3.8 seconds and that's their that's their entry level performance car uh you know soon it's going to be entry level performance cars going to be 2.5 with all these electric motors yeah What's the point of having that sort of performance on the road? It's ridiculous. That's what the average man in the streets, Auburn, um, wants. They want something they can just get in and drive. They don't want something... They want something that's such high performance, but the manufacturers don't want them to be able to fiddle with it because it's such high tech. Would you want the average man in the street to be able to take apart your engine? Um, how simple it would have to be for that because don't forget the average man in the street his name's Duncan and he's a fucking idiot I I, I <laughs> hang on I've just realised I'm Duncan because I, I could take your I mean 
this is the thing is, is I think it's our priorities but, change again it's the same thing with bloody can, car carriers can you be a petrol head if you've, if you've never changed the oil on your car no but, but you can be a petrol head and not having had an alpha it, you're just a more solvent I don't know head. if you can I don't know if yeah that, that means you haven't had an alpha I've so never had an alpha there you go Ian's you're not a petrol one. head oh well, Ian's a petrol head <laughs> Yeah, but, well, to be fair, both of us this week have had our cars bought. You had your bumper off mm-hmm. um, and, um, and and the bumper on your Merc off. And, yeah, it's it's a weird thing. And it's, I think it's like car care slightly. It's, it's journey destination. Um, that's why ceramic coatings we get. Lots of people who aren't into detail, but they know they want the car ceramic coated. Yeah. They pay somebody to get it ceramic coated and their car is easier to clean up for longer. And then there are people like us who like to get our grainy waxes out and start yeah. fingering our panels. Anyway, let us move on. Yep. We have got the 10 quick fire questions. Okie dokie. And the first of those is what is your current car? My current car is a BMW E36 328i Sport manual and the BMW uh, F82 M4 CS. Which is awesome. I love it, but it is brilliant. It, it does look like a piece of kit. I'm not. I'm not a BMW person, but I have say kit. Piece of kit. Yes. <laughs> piece of kit. It's a. Anyway, so what is the first car that yeah. you detailed? Uh, the first car that I detailed. Like Jesus. When I say detailed, you detailed take that Jesus's car. Well, this Crack is. Well, it depends what you mean by detail. Well, wasn't it called Were there, blo- there bloodstains at ten and two? <laughs> the Turing shroud <laughs> on the back seat. Um, <laughs> Mary Magdalene was not happy. Well, I don't know what what this goes down to. The question: of What is detailing? I really think, I I really think detailing probably is the point where you can fully decontaminate and polish a car. Um, no, no, it's not. No, no, detailing, and I, I argue well, that's this, the hardest deta- bit of it, isn't detailing it. Detailing is a state of mind. If you're cleaning your car just to make it cleaner, yeah. then you're washing your car. That's not detailing. If you're detailing because you're enjoying the process and you're doing it in depth and you're looking at all the details, then it's detailing. It doesn't well, matter if you're know, only doing a basic I wash. I don't even think, you know, when I'm cleaning my We've car, I'm not, up to the individual guest to decide. I'm not yeah. looking Stop at it in depth. I'm just Sorry, like cleaning okay. it and hoovering it out and stuff like that. But when I get a car, say you buy a new car and you look at it and the paint's knowing that you can feel the paint and you know it's all covered in contamination, getting the right light on it and seeing the swell levels and thinking, oh, I've got to cut this. You know, this is going to, oh, it's German. It's going to take three cuts to get this right. How much paint have I got on it? Going and getting a paint depth gauge out and measuring it. If you're doing all those things and then you're like, well, is this, shall I go at it with wool to make it easier and then I'll, I'll finish it off with, uh, you know, a finishing polish and a soft pad? All of that is detailing. Um, the, oppo- the opposition of not detailing is you get that car and you just wash it and you you go and buff it with uh, a wax or something or a hand polish. And uh, is that sure. detailing? I, I opposite is, is is just a bucket and sponge. I think well, even even waxing a car, you, that I think it sort of comes well, down to yeah, personal maybe, satisfaction maybe. level. Yeah, <laughs> I did this video. I mean, they yeah. just published the video. This is what detailing is, and it was me and my friend Reg taking his rusty old three thirty ci and just messing around cleaning it to hell and back and waxing it. And it's right. a great fun. What was the first car you did like that then? Oh, well, that would have been my first car, which I think was a Golf two liter gear. Um, a Golf gear. Yeah, gear. They did a gear. G- I, was in, I was in common gear, that gear. Uh, I'm not sure. 
I think it's Gear is Gear normally a Ford. Ford. Yeah, I know, but, but, but I'm, I'm, Gear I'm, is a designer, isn't it? They did the car I'm, and gave it to an old VW. It was a VW two litre sixteen valve, and it had Gear written on the back of it. What generation Golf was it? I, I think it's a Mark Two. Okay, I'm not being trolled by the Ford Club. I don't know. This, <laughs> and I stuck a badge this, on there. It was a hand me down. It was a hand me down from my sister, and this car was rotten and rusty. And it had an Alpine stereo in it that when you used to uh, the Alpina when you. Or Alpine. 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 You put your foot on the accelerator and the stereo would speed up because there was something wrong with the wiring. <laughs> the stereo would speed. Yeah, oh, the so it'd, go, it'd would be like up. the Smurfs, you know. Well, the that makes sense. Yeah, it's just because the alternators put in more electricity. Yeah, something in, so was going yeah. wrong with it. That was go my on. first car, and I suppose you could say uh, one day I washed that and I clayed it, and um, this is many years ago, and I waxed it. That was probably the first car I detailed, but really, I did where is it now? Oh, God, no. I, I blew it up. I, I was racing. <laughs> I was racing a friend back, and he was in front, and he turned into his driveway at high speed and made the corner, and I turned in in the Gulf and didn't make the corner <laughs> and went up a hill and smacked the underneath of the engine on a chunk in the, in this gravel road, but the car seemed fine. I think that's called sump scraping. Yeah. And the next, but the next time I <laughs> there drove are, there are it... websites for that. The next time I drove it, the engine blew up. <laughs> because it had no oil in, because you had yeah, oil in no, your sump. I, no, I think I busted the oil pump. Yeah, the, 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 the sump. Yeah. Yeah, 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 something busted. So, okay, yeah. so quick fire round. What's your dream car? My dream this car... This is not detailing related. Just your dream car, full stop. Yeah, because um, I've already got both my dream cars. The one I want is um, an E46 M3. And I'm not even going to say the individual bits I want because it's so hard to get. If I say it, someone else might be on the lookout for it and I'll get less chance of getting it. <laughs> so it's a certain colour, certain spec E46 M3 because it does everything. It's got the right amount of power. It's rear-wheel drive. It's got a but it, hasn't, it hasn't got a V8 like the E90. No, but it's got an engine that you have to rag and it comes alive when you get into the high revs and it keeps revving and it makes this metallic metallic rasp the chassis that's on the it gearbox. <laughs> no, that's not the gearbox that's the engine and the chassis on it is amazing if you put one round a track um the chassis is really good you can hang the back out of it it's got the limited slip diff um and it it don't you don't fight the back end of the car it's just a really great all-round car and the engine is solid um and i love that era of car well i have to say while i disagree with uh, that wouldn't be uh, let's say I, I that wouldn't be my personal choice of car your explanation and justification of it is the best we have ever had on a podcast because most say oh my dream car's a lamborghini because it's pretty or something like that no but that, but no one that's that, a passion it, it's there it's the one that you wanted when you could grow when you were growing up and i uh, those cars came out and i had I had them, E46s, no, E46M3. But when it first came out, I could never afford it, you know, back in 2000. And I saw it and I just craved these cars. And uh, they are, yeah, fantastic. Absolutely. And it's more about that. The cars, the modern cars, they, what they do is they, they've, they can put more power into cars infinitely and then bring another car out that's going to be a bit quicker than the next one they could do that for the next 50 100 years and they do it by making the car slightly right, actually, I, think, I think they've got about eight years before it all has to be electric well, anyway. it, it, yeah. they'll just make the cars heavier and they'll put wider tires on them so they can use their power so they can always just bring another generation of car out that's a bit faster than the other one and the trap is all these people that are competitive don't want someone pulling up at the lights next to them with the latest model that's going to smoke them at the lights uh, and that's true but you're line in the sand is E46. So it we'll, is, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll leave it at that and ask you, how many buckets do you like to use? One. 
I've talked about this on the channel. Uh, you know, whoever wants to use two buckets, good luck to you. But I think if you've, it depends on what you're doing with the car, doesn't it? If you're, if a car's coming and you're polishing it, then who cares if you're using two buckets? Get it clean and get it polished. Um, if you're maintaining a car that's got immaculate paint that's been corrected and you like to use two buckets go with two buckets you know and clean your mitt out for me i my golden rule is when i go in and wash the car i don't want any dirt on the surface and i can tell straight away if i'm wiping the mitt over it and it comes back black that i've not done a good job in my pre-wash and i don't like to do that i like to go in and feel like when i'm doing the contact wash i'm cleaning the clean car and then my bucket, my single bucket, isn't even dirty. So I just personally just use one bucket. I just really... One, one bucket and one wash mitt. Yeah. Um, and it's a really controversial thing and it always gets me Well, in I get one bucket with multiple wash mitts. That makes sense. If you have like five wash mitts and you just spread them around the car yeah. and then you're not putting your... your you know, because even if you've got two buckets, the wash bucket can still get dirty because you're not necessarily rinsing. It's getting so hardcore, this is like... <laughs> it's just... You're going to... Once a year, you're going to clay the car to get all the contamination off. So Okay. What? So, we're, you are our first one bucket man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Next question. <laughs> and again, quick fire. Um, ceramic or wax? Wax. Good man. Um, no wrong answer. Ferrari or Porsche? Porsche. Interesting. Uh, there is a wrong answer here. And punishment. Subaru or Mitsubishi? Mitsubishi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what, though? Uh, I don't really have any experience with either, and I like I have a soft spot for your your car with the blown engine because it was I, I really liked it. Well, I, thought, I gave you a bit of a ride in that yeah, one. Yeah, it was, and that was brilliant. I yeah. thought that was that's it. was a really really focused car, like track focused, performance focused, all this tech in it, variable diff from the front and yeah, proper uh, tech, not it, the, the stereo it was good. didn't work, but it was yeah had uh, and all sorts of things. Okay, yeah. so right, well, I suppose you kind of. Made up for it but then you still made the wrong answer uh flex or rupes oh geez this is easy actually for me uh force rotation flex free spinning rupes mm, good answer good answer your dream car to detail oh oh e34 m5 yeah I've never done one, um, and I would love to do one, actually. I met someone, if you're watching, your name's Paul. I think it's Paul. It might be. It's Even if you're not watching, your yeah, name's Paul. I met a chat <laughs> yeah. down at Goodwood we don't, we don't have that kind of influence here. <laughs> you guys would have just died. This guy has got an E34. Oh, boredom. Um, and it's the most concourse thing I've ever seen in my life. Um Low mileage in blue, amazing car, and I was chatting to him about it. Really, really lovely. I'd love to detail an E34, preferably one with really paint that can be really improved. So not the paint falling off because a lot of them are yeah. need resprays, but one that could be really improved. I'd, I would take my time and I would spend a good week on it happily. Uh, um, uh, it sounds like a Tinder advert. It does, yeah. doesn't it? It does. Um, <laughs> we need the Barry White music. I'll take my time. Final question. And I think we might actually get a different... Uh, I don't know. Sunday drive or Sunday detail? Um, Sunday drive, yeah. It's all about the driving the cars. The detailing is there to make you enjoy the cars more. But it's about the cars. And sometimes I think detailing forgets that. And people come up with all these things. I mean, I hear these things, you know, 
John, you're an idiot. You're. Um, I get that too. Sorry about that, by the way. You're, <laughs> you're, uh, I was drunk. You're, you're cleaning your car in the wrong direction with your wash mitt, so you're going to put the scratches horizontal across the panel instead of vertical across the panel. There's all this detailing stuff that is just an absolute load of nonsense because it's too... No one can live their lives it's like that. It's too anal. Yeah, really ridiculous. And, the, and even the bloke saying it to me doesn't. He's just looking for He's a looking way... He's looking for a fight. That's, yeah. That's, it's, it's just... uh, and that goes on. And I'm not... I tell you now, about half the people that watch my detailing channel take better care of their cars than I do, wash them more carefully, wash them more regularly. Detailing for me is an addiction and a passion. And um, that's why we, we I got started with you guys, because you, you, you guys are just as addicted as I am. Um, so it's it's about fun, enjoyment, and um, yeah, and answering multiple choice questions or <laughs> ten questions. It is about the fun, isn't it? It is, and I think that is a lovely place to wrap up. So thank you so much for coming up, John. Um, as I say, we'll be continuing with the mega testing, and that'll all be available uh, to learn about in issue fifteen, and also come and see us at Waxstock. Mm. John, are you going to come to Waxstock this year? I uh, probably won't. It's like a four-hour trip up and four hour trip back but I might do you never know well, I might surprise you I might surprise you Bert you never know yeah that'd be good that'd be good um, and it's goodbye from me it's goodbye from Ian. goodbye and from John howdy doody goodbye <laughs>